0: Score North knows it's been a long winter. Time to dream about the warm weather ahead at the 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center, February 24th through the 26th. For a very limited time, you can get tickets for half price. Visit scorenorth.com right now and use the keyword golfer to save 50% on admission. Your admission ticket also gets you 14 rounds of free golf. Visit scorenorth.com keyword golfer to get this limited deal. See you at the show.
2: Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on scorenorth and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company.
1: He had previously scheduled a head coach interview, a second one, with the Arizona Cardinals, also a defensive coordinator interview with the Denver Broncos. Instead of going through with those, Brian Flores ends up choosing a prime location. Of course, relationships is what this whole thing is about, right? So Kevin O'Connell, the uh, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, was with Brian Flores in New England. Flores was a defensive assistant. O'Connell was a player. The two hit it off but of course, have stayed in touch. Hard to imagine a better or more important hire for the Viking. Rap sheet. What, what, what? Show, show me the money, baby. Show me the money. My Is relationship that... with you goes as deep as your <laughs> pocketbooks, baby. Nice to meet you, Ziggy. <laughs> exactly. Reach your hand
0: out. Are you going to grease my palm with yep.
1: a couple million dollars? Exactly. I, lo- I love KOC. <laughs> I love him even more at an extra couple hundred thousand
0: dollars. Uh, This is Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, on Tuesdays, last week it was a Friday because Thor, Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, one of the foremost uh, draft experts you're going to find in the football community. He was in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. But every Tuesday we're going to do a deep dive, reckless draft speculation. here. From a Vikings perspective, uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the NFL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 30V 5G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed, an AI powered 50 megapixel triple camera system, wow. ultra realistic and true to life visuals powered by Next Vision, and booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. And cheers to all of you,
1: our friends at Surly, providing uh, the hydration today. It's time for a toast. I mean, the Vikings finally got a defensive coordinator who can perhaps stop opposing teams, and that deserves a toast. And now you're saying, what do I toast? What do I get the flag out to? I'm going to tell you right now. Maybe it's a logic bomb. Maybe it's a furious. Maybe it is any one or the other, the Man. Whatever it is, enjoy a surly and toast the fact that the Vikings' defense should be greatly improved and do it with a surly. Yeah. So, Thor, welcome in. Hope you had a
0: blast at the Senior Bowl. Uh, happy Brian Flores Day. We're just going to turn the keys over to you here. Can you explain to 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 casual fans and, and us, like, we know enough about, all right, 3-4 base. They're going to keep a 3-4 base, but that's only, like, you know, a fraction of it. We're essentially going from more of a shell zone version of the 3-4 to a you don't know what's coming, cover zero, cover one, more safety blitzes than any team in the NFL when Flores was in Miami. And like I told you off the, off the air here before we started, if you're going to give up 30 points, you might as well have fun doing it, for God's sakes, right? So what do you, what do you expect to see now going forward?
2: Yeah, the, the rest of it's about the opposite. Uh, you know, as I tweeted last night, you're going from about the most passive defense that any of us have ever seen to one of the, what assuredly is going to be one of the most blitz happy defenses in all the nfl the vikings were in a really really bad relationship last year and fortunately they were able to get out of it and then i show up in mobile and on tuesday i'm seeing quasi flirting with the most attractive girl in the bar down on the field uh, on tuesday with brian flores and you're like oh you know are these two crazy kids gonna work out And you know, they keep talking throughout the week and then sure enough by the end of the week uh, they've consummated the thing and I couldn't be more thrilled about it. It's exactly what the doctor ordered for the Vikings. That and, and turning, you know, again, the exact opposite from what they had from Ed Donatel, I think it's a perfect fit.
0: So, real quick, one thing I, I, I was on a YouTube binge last night. Just you know, smarter people than me showing the biggest differences between Flores's scheme. So that the the Belichick uh, iteration of the three four scheme, and uh, and some good articles. So this is from. Uh, there's, I think it's the Dolphins Wire branch. Judd writes for Vikings Wire. This is the Dolphins Wire branch, and they're citing PFF too. That that um, last year, or in two, this would have been 2020, that the Dolphins ranked second in the NFL in coverage uniqueness. Football, meaning giving you more looks and giving you more pre-snap confusion and things to dissect than any team in the NFL except for the Rams actually had the most cover- coverage uniqueness in 2020. What does coverage uniqueness mean and how can it be beneficial to the Vikings?
2: Yeah, if Donatello ran the shell defense, Brian Flores runs the give you hell defense. It's wow. it's it's all these different blitzes, you know, like sometimes he'll send the house, sometimes he'll just send them from from different uh, you know, different sides of the field different numbers, you know, different looks, stuff like that. And then the exotic uh, uh, coverage looks as well, you know, that are based on the amount of guys that you're blitzing as well. Um, And and all kinds of different coverage uh, looks, you know, like, like you're mentioning with with Donatel, you were just sitting back every single time and you were seating these yards on every single play. And, you know, the the defensive backs were lining eight yards off the ball and stuff like that. It is philosophically it's about as opposite as you could get going to Flores in, in those regards.
1: I think the important thing, too, here is, to, to be clear, uh, Thor, to go back to your comparison of, of this as a, a r- relationship, perhaps a marriage, Donatel ended up gaslighting O'Connell. So if you guys recall, we had these in-depth discussions about what he was going to bring and potential deception. Like, the Fangio, the Fangio scheme does not suck. What Donatel did sucked. So that was a a, a gas lighting of the highest degree for ed to be like of course i'm going to come in and run this like if you guys recall we were talking about what 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 scene could do what the safeties could do and none of that happened i think the thing with flores now and how he, he runs the show thor is that he is going to do a lot of those things that we expected which is this if you don't if you don't actively use deception in this game now defensively you're done because teams will figure you out offensively in a heartbeat. Donatel used zero deception and basically sat back. Passive doesn't work. It it has always been boring, but it kills you now. So I think we can now resume really fun discussions about what Brian Flores is going to do with the personnel, and then just as importantly, what type of personnel needs to be brought in to improve it. But you know, the Donatel thing was not uh well, this guy's going to be terrible. It was a, oh, what can this guy do? And he basically didn't live up to his end of the deal, which was a very unfortunate thing for Kevin O'Connell.
2: Yeah, that's right, and, and the cornerbacks last year, obviously there was a lot more zone coverage that they were running. At the end of the year, they Donatello finally switched off of that to a little bit more of the man stuff. With Flores, he runs a ton of man coverage. There's a little bit of the switching stuff, but predominantly it's it's the man coverage stuff, leaving guys out there on islands, and what you're, you're, you're banking on is your defensive front and the blitz is getting to the quarterbacks earlier uh, in Brian Flores' scheme, but that is a big schematic change. So we'll see, you know, as far as going into the off season in, in free agency or in the draft, that that adjustment with the philosophy with the cornerbacks going now more to the the man coverage uh uh philosophy there with Flores, the kind of cornerbacks that they end up being attracted to it'll be interesting.
0: So uh-huh. yeah, so let's let's get into some of the let's let's wade into the draft waters here. Um starting with sort of what what do they have that so you you've got Brian Asamoa who's by the way he tweeted out some uh some happy emojis yesterday he should when the be. news came down. And I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall with the, the veteran highly paid linebackers. He's probably going to get a shot to do some stuff. Um, you know, there's been a lot of, in the in the mock draft roundups that we do on this show, we've done like nine of them so far, and half of the first-round picks are cornerbacks. But you could also make a case that they've got some guys on the team that they've drafted, and they like Caleb Evans. They obviously like him. Andrew Booth, Jr., if he can stay healthy. Cam Dantzler, is is going into uh, another season here, another year older. So they they've, they actually have some young cornerbacks that are interesting. Um, before we get into what could be out there that fits the Flores scheme in the draft, what do you see with the current crop of young players? Who's trustworthy? Who's not? Who would you like to see more of under Brian Flores in two thousand twenty three?
2: Well, as far as like guys that I would bank on, we're like going into the season like this guy is going to be a starter. A uh, few of them. Uh, Like, I mean, like I I would want to go out and and bring in more cost certainty. Um, Like, for instance, like Andrew Booth, you can't count on him going in next season. Evans, like, I mean, maybe he breaks out this offseason. He was a guy that you were drafting for ceiling, but obviously the floor is very low there and we haven't seen much of him. Evans, he showed a little bit, but he was banged up, you know, obviously, you know, his season was sort of derailed by the injuries. He's sort of a mystery box as well. You're not counting on him either. I, I I don't think yet. You're hoping, right? But like, you can't go into it with a hope and a prayer. And I think that's why, to your point before about all the mock drafts that are giving the Vikings cornerbacks, people know that that position needs to be fortified. It's not just the switching of philosophy, with in the cornerback room now, with the switching of philosophy of defensive coordinators, it's also that you just don't have enough firepower in there, whether or not Patrick Peterson leaves or not, but especially if he does.
1: It's three guys, too, because I, I would think that uh, Sullivan at the nickel, there yeah. is no way he's back because he, he got to go statistically had a terrible year. So yeah. it's three guys. I think uh, Peterson's gone because he's not going to play man. Like, like, I think Peterson was, was, um, shocked that ed got fired because he loved his own because he's old right so he's gone the one guy i'm i guess uh that i'm the most curious about is booth because if you go back and look at, at the uh scouting reports the guys like you wrote a year ago um as far as his style of play goes it fits this like he's i, I think he's solid and man like he does a lot of things that brian flores probably likes but he has never including this past year as a rookie stayed on the field. And so like that's the that's the why the biggest wild card to me is Booth because he could be a starter, but you also to what you're saying can't count on that until he actually proves for an entire season that he can not get hurt and miss, you know, 5 to 8 games or something like that.
2: Yeah. And, and to me, it, you know, with boost progression, it's more about refining those instincts than it is even finding, you know, like the correct scheme or whatever. Cause I, I think, it, you know, really he could have fit into either, but like the thing you were curious with him about it's, it's the riverboat gambling thing. And, 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 and by the way, I, I do think probably he could be a better fit. I, I think with Flores because his, his, his play style, it, it's, it's more hair on fire, right? Like, and, and he's, he he wants that ball out quicker because he's looking to jump passing lanes and he wants to flip the field. Um, he, he's not a guy that wants to sit back, you know, in, in the shell defense and allow the quarterback to sit back there for eight seconds. That that's not Andrew Booth's game. So yeah, I, I think that fits a little bit better. But what the 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 key for Flores with regards to Andrew Booth is it's teaching him you can't bite down every time the quarterback cocks his arm. Cause every single time he's not going to be throwing in that direction. And if every single time you bite up, you're going to get beat by double moves every single time. If we can start to refine that stuff, the physical package is eventually going to take off once your instincts
0: get there. Yeah. For what it's worth uh, pro football focus had Andrew Booth as, as one of the top 20 uh, highest graded man cover corners at Clemson. But again, that's it's like Thor saying there's so many variables that go into it. You're also, it's, a lot easier to play man coverage in college than it is in the NFL. When you're talking about the best, fastest receivers in the world, quarterbacks that can easily get you to bite on things, um, and so it's just a different level. So, all right. In terms of, let's start with first round. Who might be available? Do you, well, you know, what are the chances the Vikings target cornerback in in the first round for about the fifteenth time, seemingly in the last uh, ten years or whatever? So, what 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 are the chances that they do go cornerback? How deep is the is the pool of high end cornerbacks in that first round range and uh and who might be there for the vikings
2: well a- a- after last night, it just got a little bit higher because uh, you yeah. can't go in into with, with a brian Flores defense with the cornerback room that they have We'll see if, if they you know i mean if they end up signing someone or maybe a trade, but I would sort of doubt that with the limited draft equity that you already have and and the limited financial with the cap room that you already have. So that's why the supposition is probably going to have to be a draft pick, especially you don't have a second-round pick. If you want someone that's going to come in and play right away, it's probably going to have to be that first-round pick unless you end up trading back into the second round. So, I mean, like I I think the suppositions there are true, and there are uh, a decent amount of first-round corners in this crop that would fit with that twenty third pick as far as guys that could play right away and be fits in Flores' scheme. Okay.
1: Who, who, in in your mind, uh, has stood out as like a schematic fit now that, that you saw either at the Senior Bowl or that you scouted in college? Like, are, are we looking for a six foot two guy here with some speed? Instincts are huge now, I would guess. Well, yeah, There's a couple names. Interestingly, this is one of the biggest in terms
2: of just sheer size of the outside boundary corners uh, classes that we've had in, in recent years. So there's plenty of the, the really big aggressive outside corners. But there's, you know, as, as far as like that goes, there, there's sort of all shapes, uh, sizes, and colors. My favorite corner in this class, he's not the biggest one, um, but he's big enough to play on the outside. That's Devin Witherspoon, a kid that we saw in the Big Ten from Illinois. Last year, he had PFF's highest graded season for a cornerback ever. He only gave up 3.3 yards per target, which is stupid for a boundary cornerback. Um, Just a super feisty kid. Um, The the competitive uh, toughness and everything like that. He yaps at you. He's going to get after you. And you don't get any separation from that kid whatsoever. Talk about a kid that you want to sick on someone in man coverage. Like you're not getting away from that kid, he'll follow you into the tunnel. Like, you know, I mean, like, he he yeah, wants to go to the John. Lets
1: go.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I tried
1: to go in the porta potty. <laughs> There's, no me There's in. right there. Just, you're you're
0: the going to call security <laughs> to get Devin Witherspoon away from you. <laughs>
1: I just want to take a pee.
0: Dude, he so had, I, okay, he, so he had, you, you already mentioned, the, like, the 3.3 3 yards per target. Yeah. Uh, he was targeted 63 times last year. He had 14 pass breakups. And no. he didn't allow a single touchdown all season. Opposing quarterbacks had a 25 passer rating when they were targeting wow. Devin Witherspoon last year.
2: <laughs> it was stupid. It is he going to be there? Like,
0: I mean, he's not yeah. a guy that's going to fall to 23, but I mean, we, I think we sit here and assume, well, they only have four, four draft picks. They're probably going to trade back, but there is a chance that if they see a shutdown cornerback that's under team control for five years, they could trade up if a guy like that falls, but – is there any chance he could still be there, like, in the teens within range of you trading up?
2: I, yeah, I, I would be surprised if he fell down. But I do think there's a shot because his measurables are not the same as, for instance, some of those other guys at the top. Like, his measurables aren't going to be the same as Chris, the kid Christian Gonzalez from Oregon or Joey Porter. Um, he's not going to test as well as Cam Smith. He's definitely not going to test as well as Kelly Ringo. Um we haven't seen Witherspoon measure in yet because he he ended up pulling out of the senior bowl like a lot of the other guys that were guaranteed to getting into the first round. But he was listed at Illinois at six foot one eighty three. If he comes in and he measures in a little bit beneath uh, six feet, and then he's he's you know one eighty five or a little bit less, and maybe he runs a little bit less than people think. That that's how he could start to introduce him down there where maybe it goes a little bit less. But if you just turn on the tape, he's the best corner in the class. So
0: yeah. Well, what do you – okay, Cam Smith, you, you brought him up. So we've seen a handful of mock drafts already put Cam Smith at 23 to the Vikings. Uh, what, do you like him? Where do you sort of have him ranked? And does he fit with what Brian Flores wants to do?
2: I do, yeah. he He's an outside man, uh, cover corner. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is, he's definitely a fit. Um, he does have a little bit of the – he's he's not the same as as Andrew Booth at all, but he does have one similarity in that they like to gamble – Cam Smith is, is also a guy that, like, is going after the ball. Um, Cam Smith, the other sort of weakness that I notice with him is he's sort of a meh kind of a tackler. He is very aggressive, mm-hmm. but there are a little bit of length concerns where sometimes he sloughs off him a little bit. What I really like about him, though, his feet are really, really nifty, like, in space. So he's really difficult to shake. He also has the swivel hips. So, like, out of oh. out of the breaks and everything, it's oh. Fred difficult to oh. shake that guy. He's
0: just like Fred Astaire. He's Judd. Fred
1: Astaire. He's dancing, baby. Park Tavern. And he's yeah. one of those. Yep. He, he,
0: he's, exactly. a, he's Judd after his fourth surly yeah. at Park
1: Tavern. Yep. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll get <laughs>
1: karaoke.
2: him Park Tavern. <laughs> the, the other thing I think that Flores will really like about him is Cam's Fist is a super feisty guy uh, on the outside in man coverage.
0: Okay. okay.
1: So, at safety, uh, to go... Back to the scene, Lewis scene from Thor, all of the descriptions that we've gotten. It sounds to me like he should fit this system potentially perfectly. Like he's aggressive. Um, I I think that he could actually be the guy if they play cover one that ends up blitzing at times. Uh, This sounds like it could now be a home run pick potentially with Brian Flores coaching him. Do you think that's accurate? I, yes, I do. Yeah, it's funny.
2: Like, like, uh, seen and uh, uh, Asamoah and and Booth, like, some of those guys were like sort of weird picks when you were thinking about them for like Donatal's system. But they're like for Flores' system, over there? It's like these guys are really good fits for, for Flores' system because they're like super aggressive, like hair on fire downhill kind of guys, where, mm-hmm. where it's like m- maybe they're too aggressive. Uh, but like Flores, he's going to be like, no, they're they're the right kind of aggressive. Uh, with with seen, that's like this is the exact kind of guy that he should be paired up with. Like y- you were sort of like, and, and this might have been this might explain why he didn't get on the field early with with Donatel. Is like the, the the biggest question you had about him coming out of Georgia was you loved all the physical skills and you loved that he had the dual threat element of his game, where like it, against the pass, he was a hit man. Like, like he was, he was sort of like Ronnie Lott when the ball was in the air, where like receivers were afraid of like getting just smoked across the middle. He would consistently challenge at the catch point, and he had pretty good instincts. But occasionally he would get burned, but again by crashing up too quick, and maybe something would end up going over his head if if, if he judged it incorrectly. But then he was also like perfectly happy to fly down and challenge, like in the run game or whatever, like just just fearless in terms of that. And you can also blitz him. But, again, like, you know, just super-duper, like, aggressive and everything like that. It's it's an absolutely perfect fit for uh, Flores' uh, scheme. But, like, the instincts needed to be refined in sort of a similar way that we were talking about with Booth, just sort of on a a higher end of it. But Flores, this is the ball of clay that he wants to work with, whereas maybe with Donatel it was more sort of foisted upon him unwittingly where he didn't want to have that.
0: Yeah, that play type. That's so interesting. I, I and, and you tell me if, if Seen and Harrison Smith can coexist and, and play together in this system for, for a year. But I, I love that idea, right? If you can get, all right, Seen, this is going to be your spot. The system fits you better and you can play sort of under the tutelage without being injured and rehabbing for half the season under Harrison Smith. How well can those guys coexist together in this system?
2: I think very well. And and with Harrison Smith, you're talking about another guy who now is getting into a defensive scheme. That's going to fit him very well, right? Like we, we were talking about this all last fall where it's like, what, Ed, what are you doing with Harrison Smith? You're moving up like 50 miles away from the ball. And now he's out in 10 buck two with the ball yeah. snapped. And it's like, we got to get this guy closer to the he's box.
1: Where, Why is he in Blaine? They're in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Like get, get this guy around where the action's going. Uh, we watched him for a decade, doing pretty good around there. Isn't like, that like, that's infuriating. It, it was, it would be, it would be like you know, 15 years ago. Okay, Antoine Winfield, listen, uh, what's best for our scheme is if you stop sniffing around using your instincts at the line of scrimmage, right? Like, why would you? And I was looking at some of, because that's what it seemed like. I was looking at some of the data last night. So Harrison Smith under Mike Zimmer was allowed, and some of this was freelancing, but you know, in any given season, he would be tagged with like 45, you know, 40, 45, 50 pass rushing snaps. And he had like twelve last year, which tells you that he wasn't being sent on missions. He wasn't he wasn't given the freedom to freelance and improvise. Why would you take that away from a band member? Like that's he's brilliant at it. To take that away from him is one of the biggest malpractices that we saw last year. And meanwhile,
2: Daniil Hunter had forty more coverage snaps than he'd ever had. Bye, yeah.
0: <laughs> bye, 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 Ed. Uh, never <laughs> want to see you again. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, how deep on the on the cornerback side of the draft here? Uh, we've talked about some of the high-end guys that you like. Yeah. How far down the list and how deep into the draft? Because the Vikings don't have a second-round pick, and they could trade and, and get more picks. But how far in until you get to guys that probably can't plug in and start on day one? Does it probably have to be a first-round cornerback, or are there guys later on that you could draft and hypothetically they could start in week one for you?
2: um into day 2 um and and I can't I I I, I didn't want to say all the way through today, too, 2 because it's going to cut off at some point in and in, in round 3 and I don't know if that's going to happen before the Vikings pick um it, it's like for me I, I'm looking at my list right now I would say like I I like 15 16 17 corners in this class to some wow. degree yeah, but like after that, sort of the cost certainty starts to, to trickle off a little bit. We're like, you know, the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th guys, you like a little bit, but now they start to have the acute questions on, on their evaluations. Like, for instance, like the uh, the 20th guy I have on my list is Oregon State kid named Rajon Wright who I love to watch in college, and he was at the senior ball. I, I liked him there too. And he's a bigger corner, and he gets his hands on you. And Like I said, he, his production in college was really good, but he doesn't move around as well. So he, he's sort of like the corners that Donatello was going after where he gets his hands on you, you put him in zone or whatever, but he might get burned if he, he has to be out on an island. So it's, it's guys like that where they have a question on him, but they can do a couple things good, but they, they got a couple questions on their eval. I I would want to take the corner probably top, 70 picks or so if i want if i
1: knew that i was gonna have to play him right away uh asamoa now so i so i'm gonna guess he gets a chance i'm gonna guess that he he because of speed as well fits in at that position though uh beyond him What do you see and how how big of immediate need does that now become? Because it did did feel like a a scheme and talent and speed were all a problem there. Um, And I don't think that there's any defensive coordinator worth his salt that says, the linebackers aren't good, so that's fine. So I would guess that that also, I don't know that, in my opinion, that's not a first-round pick. But I think that's a definite place of need now. And there's going to be at least one who you, you want to acquire through the draft or free agency or somehow who's going to be able to play consistently to play alongside Asimov.
2: Yeah, well, first off, the the linebacking position was infuriating last year with the the 2 off out-ball guys. With Hicks and Kendricks, you basically knew what they were doing every time, you know, the usage with them, they weren't blitzing them. So it was like, you know, you know what, what station they were in, and then they were both terrible in coverage. And, you know, more or less just, you know, paint by numbers in in the run game. Um, Nothing special. But like, you know, especially in the games where like the opposing team either had a difference maker, uh, you know, like a, a tight end, a move tight end, or else, especially out of the backfield. Like the, the teams where they had the nifty uh, running back out of the backfield, I, it was like, oh, crap, here we go again. You know, like Tony Pollard or like yeah. in some of those guys. Saquon, they,
0: yeah. Saquon, on.
2: you just knew that the fight, you were just in for three hours of of torture because yeah. you knew that they were going to get those <laughs> linebackers in space and you knew you're going to have to watch Hicks and Kendricks running from behind all game or whatever. Um, So it was just infuriating last year, both because of the scheme and also because of the players. I hope they get rid of both of them and Asamoah, you know, both in terms of the scheme that they're now switching into. And then also Asamoah as a player, I think both those things are going to be uh, breath of fresh air breath 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 of fresh air to to Vikings fans. Osmolar should have been playing more uh, last year. He finally started to do more so towards the end of the year, but it was apparent then that it should have been happening earlier. And again, that, that might go back to just Donnell not trusting them more. But like you talk about, like the the fleet of foot thing and not being able to keep up with the the fast running backs out of the backfield. Osmolar last year, he he goes obviously he's a smaller linebacker measuring at six foot two twenty six, but four point five six in the pre-draft process with a 1.55 10-yard split, which is in the 97th percentile. His 40-yard wow. dash was in the 93rd percentile. And his, his vertical was in the eighty six. His broad jump was in the 92nd. That athleticism showed up. We were talking about how coverage was a thing that he had struggled with at Oklahoma, where he was a lot better at it last year. But the, the stuff coming forward, that stuff that he was always good at at Oklahoma, that's the stuff that Brian Flores wants his linebackers to do. He's going to unleash Asimov coming downhill, doing that kind of stuff. And the other stuff of his game, which was the bigger question mark coming in, that stuff that that, that Asamoah has proven that he can do better than maybe we thought coming in. So he, he's about to get unleashed and this is very good news for him.
0: You know, and the, and I could see them actually saying goodbye for, because they they've got to get rid of some contracts. And if they're yep. going to keep Harrison Smith, you know, we could debate this, but I actually think now, there's a better chance that they keep or find a new way to move uh, Zadarius Smith's money around. Because if you really look like Z- I did a deep dive on Zadarius last night, uh, in addition to watching two hours of Brian Flores' defense videos. Zadarius was so good until the knee contusion. I mean, he had nine pressures in the Buffalo game, then got the knee yeah. contusion, and he only, you know, from that point forward, he was basically grinding just to play in the games. And so I think there's a good chance that they they try to find a way unless a team offers a second round pick or something that they can't refuse. So I think they're going to keep Zadarius. I think they're going to keep Daniil. I think they're going to keep Harrison Smith. So that they probably have to say goodbye to both linebackers. That's probably not a position where you're going to want to spend a lot of money in free agency. So I think there's a decent chance they may draft a linebacker that they think they could play early. Um, even just you bring up like you know having some more cost certainty. Could you make a case that signing a twenty-six-year-old cornerback in free agency to go along with your young cornerbacks gives you more certainty? Does it open up to draft a linebacker? When is it acceptable in this draft to draft a linebacker if you're the Vikings?
2: Depends on if, if again, like if you, if you think you need to have them come in and play early with, with linebackers, you're going to get them a little bit later because it's sort of like the defensive version of of with running backs where it's a little bit devalued, um, you, you know. So you you could get it a little bit later, but they they couldn't wait too long with a guy that they would expect to come in and play immediately. You probably couldn't go low. Like, the fourth round is would probably be sort of the demarcation point of, like, a guy of, like, this guy's going to have to come in where we're going to uh, trust him to play next uh, to Asamoah right away. Um, but, like, Yeah, I mean, you you definitely could do that. Um, And and the front office, you know, from an analytics perspective, it's going to become about, like, how can we delineate less of the resources, the linebacker position, but still get a playable guy where we're not going to get into situations where an opponent can just wanton take advantage of, like, our lack of foot speed at that position, like a team like the Cowboys or the Giants did last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what it's, the equation is. Okay.
1: Don't play old guys, Thor. That's the key <laughs> yeah. to life. Don't that's play it. old guys. Don't say, well, I mean, you know what you're doing. Like like Smith in- intrigues me, not because I, I would blitz him, but be- because I, I would actually have seen try and play the role that Harry used to play. And I would have H- Harrison sit back there a little bit more and actually be the, the guy that guides the entire defense. But the the thing here, too, is, it's twofold, and this is where Donatel failed miserably, and it's too bad because I think it's where O'Connell as, as a coach succeeds, and I think Flores can too. And it's this: coaching your young players up immediately. I never want to get to training camp again and see Cam Bynum playing safety, and your and your first round pick not playing there, and and you are told, well, he won the job in in the uh, in the spring camps, okay. This is your first-round pick. You need to coach him up. It is your job to get this guy on the field ASAP. It's 2023. It's a salary cap league. You know, don't say, "Well, the sixth-round pick, he's so solid and knows what he's doing." That's your fault. So th- this is the thing too, where I think Ed, and and just to to be clear, because I, I feel like like this discussion each time slanders Vic, because it's like the Fangio thing didn't work. Vic Fangio's defense works. Ed Donatel. Uh, basically screwed it up and so like the idea for what o'connell wanted was the correct one he got a he got a knockoff dollar store version but now what you have is you have have a guy that no matter who he's given as balls of clay he can coach up or at least make a decision on them that won't be well bynum's a pro's pro and lewis Seen's not yet that is a horse bleep excuse in 2022 unless you have screwed the pooch on the pick and then you got bigger problems leonardo da rant. vinci uh,
0: leonardo da vinci painted the mona lisa right but hey we've got we've got leo's understudy he's exactly. a he's a painter too he can paint a mona lisa her eyes hanging out She has got buck teeth
1: just sweating or poor fangio <laughs> like now i mean the man just got paid four and a half million per by the dolphins yeah. it's not because he's an idiot And donatel was
0: yeah no, it's an epic. I'm going to give Judd the round of applause for that. It was great. <laughs> I
1: yeah, just feel bad there. for for Vic because it's like this this defense sucks. And no, the no, coordinator right. Was bad. Yes, and uh, the first no was not great. Do you guys want a mock by chance? I want a mock. mock. I see
0: Thor nodding his head there. Let's do it. Uh, all right, let's get into here uh, a mock draft simulation presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. And Dex, I'll let you pop this on the screen so I don't screw anything up. Now, uh, Federated's been around for over a hundred years, like a great offensive line for your business, helping business owners maximize their success. Federated's history is rich with innovative, committed people guided by a core set of principles and values. They bring all of that tradition-rich history to your company. FederatedInsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. And a shout out to uh, Underdog, boy, we're get- just a few days away from the big game. That's right. There's a lot of fun things to uh, tinker with on Underdog to make your viewing experience even more fun, Dex. Yeah, you can uh, get some Super Bowl prop bets in, uh, some player prop bets, I should say, on Underdog
1: Fantasy. In fact, on Thursday morning, they're going to give you a first leg of a parlay basically for free. Uh, They're going to give you Jalen Hurts, 0.5 total yards. If you really want to be ballsy.
0: You could go lower, but I don't recommend that Cowards. strategy. Take, take the lower, you coward. Maybe he gets hurt on the first game. Maybe you know lower. something, but I don't recommend that. Hit higher on that, and then you got first leg. You got the first leg of a parlay on your Super Bowl Sunday. Basically hit the moment Jalen Hurts completes a pass or rushes for a first down. So go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Also, this prop available for new users and current users. So it's not just one-user thing. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. All right, gentlemen. It's time to mock here.
1: I want to mock! Mock!
0: It's our weekly mock draft simulation with Thor Nystrom. And so um, what we're going to do going forward is we're going to set some parameters going in so we're not just sort of you know hemming and hawing so we can make this process more fun. So before we trigger the start of this mock draft, we're going to attempt to trade both Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and see what the PFF simulator allows us to do in terms of value. All right? Let's do it. And then we're going to stay at pick 23, and, and, we, and we've got this set to be a four-round mock. So we'll we'll speed through. We can, we can go lightning fast through all the other team's picks, and then we'll sort of lean on Thor to tell us what to do. So here is my thought. You know, Buffalo is a trade option. Miami is losing basically all their running backs to free agency. Uh, Miami is ready to win, and they need a running back. And so unless you guys disagree, let's— Let's call it the Dolphins here and see, would they give us something for Dalvin Cook? Yeah, let's right. do that. Okay. So Dalvin Cook we will start just for fun. Let's start with, uh, they don't have a first round pick. Would they give us their second round pick?
2: Yeah, let's try that. Uh, it
0: says this trade will not be accepted. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, what about that 77th overall pick?
2: Oh, we do that. Yeah, we do that.
0: Uh, it says it has a 51% chance of being accepted. Oh, yeah. Give it to us. Uh, should we try? Yeah. Let's let's offer it. Well, let's what what, what if we did the 84? Okay. There you go. It says this trade will likely be accepted. Would you Wait, guys do they, the Dalvin for the 84th? Did, did they accept the 77 one? We could let's try it. Let's Let's see what try happens. that one first. Okay. These idiots in Miami they're desperate. Uh there's a red bar here. It looks like they re, they rejected our our trade advance. Can
2: we can we toss it in the like the 201 or the 177?
0: Oh, I love Thor. <laughs> we toss in the 201, yeah. 84%. If we toss in the 177, it will likely be accepted. Oh, yeah. Should we try the 201 and see yeah, what happens? Let's try that one first. Okay, yeah. here we go.
1: On Dolphins. Oh, go. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let's, go. let's go.
1: There you go. You just Fleece the desperate Dolphins. Patriots. You got a Patriots
0: pick. Moving and shaking, baby. All right, let's see if we can trade Adam Thielen. Yeah. Okay. And really again, awesome. if you, I did a, I, I posted a mock draft last night just for fun, and I traded Adam Thielen in one of them. I, I posted on Twitter. People were like, you idiot. You're not going to get that for Thielen. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm just going off the PFF simulator parameters. Send your yeah. angry emails to PFF, for God's sakes. No. Guy? Guy. All right. Okay, so here's a thought for you guys. Uh, I don't know if it works cap-wise for them, but the Baltimore Ravens, really, behind Mark Andrews, they've got, they've got Rashad Bateman, but he's been banged up for like two years. A team like the Ravens could use some more reliability. Red zone—they only had like 14 touchdown receptions last year, 19 or something. Um, are there any other teams that you guys? I'd like to to knock on the Ravens' door here and just see. Would you? Would you dabble? Let's no, check in. Let's kick the tires. Okay. Let's start with uh, first round pick. No. <laughs> the the 86th pick. No, not gonna happen. The 125. Uh? 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 i'll take it the 125 uh? what's that up is it a fourth i'll take it like a like a late yeah. fourth round pick right yeah it's in the fourth yeah now judd i'm i'm wondering what you think that pff has this as a green light it looks like do you um, think in reality this would happen no i'd like to drug test pff <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> well who are we to fight with pff let's talk yeah, to the trade and see what happens Wow, we just there traded Adam Thielen for a oh. fourth-round pick. How, how could
1: we do this let's to him? How, how he can't be That's traded? Cold. He's from here.
0: We can we can celebrate him later. It's been a great run, 10 years. Oh, he's very better. He's from Minnesota. He's never talking to the Wilfs again. All right, let's start this draft here. So we just picked up a couple extra picks. So we have five picks in this four-round mock, boys. We have the 23, the 77, the 87, the 119, and the 125. Uh, We're going to roll this all the way through up to the Vikings. We can recap what happened in the first round before we make the Vikings pick. So we're already through 17, 18, 19. We're going to skip the forfeited Dolphins, and we are on the clock at 23. Let's just go through here. Jalen Carter went number one to the Bears. There's probably going to be a trade there, but uh, there wasn't here. C.J. Stroud, the first quarterback off the board to the Texans. Bryce Young, the second quarterback off the board, fourth to the Colts. Will Anderson Jr. falling to the Seahawks at five. They have to be happy with that. Uh, Will Levis, another quarterback at seven. And then Anthony Richardson goes to the Falcons at eight. So, Thor, four quarterbacks in the first eight picks in this simulation. Yeah, it would be a surprise. But I, I don't think Richardson ends up getting past
2: Washington's pick. But, like, if, if he gets up to eight, it, it could happen. It would be a surprise, but it could happen.
0: All right, we have a lot of uh, a lot of defensive linemen here, edge rushers, interiors. The first cornerback off the board is your guy. And you're going to see this because PFF loves Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. So my guess is their algorithm has him going higher than some other ones. Uh, but he goes 12. Quentin Johnston, the first receiver off the board
1: to the to Packers at 15. Just in time for Rodgers to leave, they finally take a wide receiver in the first yeah. round Exactly. Yeah. For Jordan Love. Tanner right. McKee, the fifth quarterback off
0: the board to Washington uh, at 16. Does that reek of desperation?
2: That would reek of desperation. I think that's the Anthony Richardson <laughs> pick.
0: It's Washington. Think he goes to Washington? Yep. Yeah. Okay, Christian Gonzalez, another cornerback you mentioned to the Steelers at 17. The uh, Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer, to the to replace TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. We got a little run on receivers here. Uh, JSN and Zay Flowers off the board. And then Bajat... Real quick, and we can oh. do a running back dive later, Bajan Robinson Robinson's still there at 22. Is, is he someone, if he's sitting there, is he a weapon that the Vikings should consider? So, cause, especially because we just traded Dalvin Cook.
2: In, in a scenario where you've traded Dalvin Cook, where Madison is left and where you have, like in this hypothetical where you've picked up multiple other mid-round picks, that would be where you have gotten there. But like in the scenario where you have, even if both the running backs have left, but you have the same amount of draft equity that you have now, I don't think you have enough picks to make that luxury pick.
0: Okay. And Alex Madison, also a free agent, but the running back free agent pool is deep. So he could, he come back on a reasonable deal. We'll see. So, all right, here's who's on the board for the, for the video audience on YouTube. You can see this, but um, you got Jordan Addison is on the board here. The top receiver, you got Cam Smith, Joey Porter Jr. Both on the board. And then you have a couple, um, you have Nolan I'm going to ignore the the tackle from Oklahoma, offensive tackle, Anton Harrison, because they're not going to draft a tackle. Nolan Smith, the edge. So what do you see here in this crop of players? Well, we, we got two cornerbacks that can come in and start right away, and Cam Smith and Joey Porter for sure.
2: We also, there were some complaints about the interior line play uh, last year. Osiris Torrance dominated down at the senior ball. A uh, kid who was dominated on the collegiate level the last couple of years. He would come in and start right away at guard. He's another potential guy that you could look at. Those are the three names that jump out to me right away as far as guys that can come in and contribute right away. Uh, Trenton Simpson's another guy at linebacker, but like, I just don't think the Vikings, again, with how few draft picks that you have, that you can delineate one of those to a linebacker position, position that's a little more devalued, again, with an, an analytically driven front office. I don't think they would do that. So what w- good which is those Nolan's?
1: Two- Go ahead, Josh. Sorry, Phil. I, no, I was no. going to say, Thor, so how good uh, or w- which of those two cornerbacks do you prefer?
2: It, those are very close. My slight preference would be Joey Porter. Um, like he's more of the height, weight, speed guy. He, his, his, I uh, obviously he has the NFL bloodlines and everything like that he's a little bit as slow out of the transitions because he's built a little bit high, so he has a little bit of the the, the high-cut stiffness. Cut but like outside of that, like just a fabulous player. He shut down every uh, stud receiver that he played throughout the years, like the Ohio State kids just shut them down one by one. So I, I don't have any question about Joey, Joey Porter's game.
0: Um, one more question before we make this pick here. Nolan Smith. So the, the Vikings have two very good edge rushers right now. Not a lot behind them, unless you really like Patrick Jones. And Zedarius is 31 years old, so I could I could see premium position. Your thoughts on Nolan Smith before we make the actual pick here?
2: I like him a lot, and there's a bunch of different things that you can do with him. But like, if I mean, you know, if, if Zedarius does come back, you don't trade Daniil. I I wouldn't do it. Uh, Nolan Smith is coming off of an injury as well, something to keep an eye on. Um, but he is a very good player. I do expect him to slot in the first round at the medicals checkout.
0: All right. I think we uh, we just let Thor make the pick here, boys, unless you guys have any uh, strong overriding takes as the honorary wolf. Oh, no, nope, I'm going to Thor. All right, Thor. Let's pop Joey Porter. Joey there you Porter, go. 23rd there to you go. the right. Minnesota Vikings. I
2: feel like Flora is going to love him, too.
0: The bloodlines, right? Yeah. Look, the We are rolling. Look Yeah, we're going on ultra fast speed here wow. so we can get it right. So we're back on the clock at 77. <laughs> okay. Now, just a few highlights here. So, uh Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback goes to the Saints at pick 71. We have a major run on edge rushers here at the end of the second round. We literally have six ed- uh five edge rushers and an interior defensive lineman. And then there's a couple more edge rushers here. So, uh we'll show you who's available here. At 77, Thor, and you tell us what you think. So here's an interesting one. Rasheed Rice had the most deep ball receptions of any college receiver in 2022, and you do need a number two wide receiver. Um, There's a linebacker, a tight end, so what do you see here?
2: You would have to think about Rasheed Rice here. He did disappoint a little bit in the senior bowl, but um, it wasn't like a nightmare performance at all. He needs to salvage things a little bit at the combine, but assuming that he doesn't have like an awful combine, this would be a solid value for him. Some people thought heading into uh, Mobile that he could go in the late first. I-, I still think he's got a real good shot at the second. Tyreek Stevenson absolutely would have been in play if we hadn't gone corner uh, in the first. was a kid who dominated early on at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Cedric Tillman would be interesting. I'm wondering how he's going to test. Th- that's the only thing with, with his evaluation. He's a bigger receiver that wins downfield, but he's not like super-duper sudden. And I wonder what the long speed is with him. Um, let's see who else we got. Like, and we have low. another
0: pick in 10 picks too. So we're going to get two bites at the apple here. Okay. with This uh, crop of players. And we know we're going to
2: need to take a running back at some point. I'm not going to take Bigsby here yet. Who else? We got okay. like lower on down here.
0: Uh, let's keep scrolling for
2: me. Jordan battle is a kid. I like, but we maybe we don't need a safety here. Oh, Dewan Jones is still there. Oh man. Well, we don't need a tackle, but he's what about not the center? Gonna...
0: What about uh, this uh, Ohio state center at some point? Well, are we are we getting rid of? Is Bradbury going to be gone? I think he might be assuming? good. I, he's he might a free be free agent. Yeah. He's got back problems. They have the Vikings have cap issues.
1: One good year, which worries me because it came in a contract year. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's start with
0: um, where where are you leaning here? Let's let's get the seventy seventh pick off the board. And my see my what's lean going. would be Rasheed Rice. I don't think he's going to be here. Let's do a deep threat wide receiver here, boys. And Rasheed Rice. Welcome there you go. to the Minnesota All right. Vikings. All right, here's what the board looks like 10 picks later. We're back on the clock at 87 here. So uh, some score? of these guys have gone here. Uh, Cedric Tillman, Tank Bigsby gone. D- Demarvian, is it uh, Demarvian overshone the linebacker from oh, Texas yeah. gone. So who do you see here? Vikings need a linebacker. They could use some defensive line help.
2: Um, Sewell would be interesting here, you know, as, as far as getting that other one. He, he's a big physical uh, downhill linebacker, um, sort of like the um, Tavai kid from Hawaii a couple years ago that, that the Lions took. Um, he, he's going to come downhill and, and smoke you. Achain from Texas A&M, the running back, would be interesting here, depending on the flavor of the running back that they want. He's undersized, though. He's one, 185 pounds, but uh. world-class speed, super-duper explosive. Mm. But you probably need somebody else to work with him. Um, I love Clark Phillips, the, the corner from Utah. But we we've already taken our corner, he, and he might be a slot guy. Um, keep going, down, Downfell. Let's see what okay. else we got here. Who are the other running backs? We might it might be time to take our running. John Johnson.
1: Ooh, but the, but the value, Thor. The value. I'm concerned. <laughs> about we, we also get yeah, we get picks at 119 and 125 as well. So yeah, we're way down this list now, Thor.
0: Okay, go, go,
1: go back up with you. Yeah, I don't want to have to replace you already. <laughs> just I don't wanna have to fire. I don't have to fire you if you reach too much, Thor. You no, no. no I, but I but just, listen,
0: the PFF's draft board might not line up with Thor's draft board, right, So there know. might be guys that there are yep. 20 picks down here that Thor has higher up. Okay. Okay, my my initial okay. So one of the Sewell is is definitely caught my eye. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so that was your it, first it, instinct. Yeah, we'll the Vikings it. need a young linebacker. Stop spending money at linebacker. There it is. All <laughs> right, boys, we uh, we draft a linebacker. So now we're gonna have picks one nineteen and one twenty five here in round four. We're back on the clock. Ooh. Here are so what are the positions of need? I think. Well, oh, look at your guy here, Andre uh, Ishavis. Oh, the, yeah. The burner from Princeton.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. And a guy that was comp to Christian Watson coming in six three two oh five, 205, and, and might run in the four twos in Indy. And if he does, it, it's no guarantee that he's going to get here. He's still very, very raw. He was up and down in, in Mobile, but um, that oh, kid's got all oh, kinds
0: of skills. Oh, no, Tajay. Oh, Tajay. This it's, is the it, dude that was going viral with uh, breaking ankles at the Senior Bowl last week, Judd Declan. And.
2: And we're oh we're in the fourth oh, we're we're popping Taj here okay
1: and, oh. yeah, yeah Let's do pass them on the Michigan Center huh yeah because well, we maybe are,
0: not maybe not we have two picks uh, okay all right it's, are they oh and they're really close too yeah one thirty one who are the other running backs you got Dwayne McBride from UAB Chase Brown from Illinois um that's pretty that's much it. it that's pretty much it
2: and keep keep going down I want to see if there's any other center if we can risk it.
0: There's Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback from. Aiden O'Connell, quarterbacks wow. Didn't see that. The
2: uh, th- that Van Prawn kid that they have in there, he actually went back to school, so it's it's not going to be him. Okay, let's. let's <laughs> we, we, a could, updated. we we could go the, uh, <laughs> we can go the Michigan guy, and we'll just pray that Spears gets there okay. for six more picks. Let's do that. All right, here we go,
0: Dex. Fire the chimes. All right, Garrett Bradbury, you let's are the weakest link. Goodbye. You have been replaced by random Michigan center guy. All right, and can now back him? on the clock. Is he still there? Tajay Spears is still there. Thor's favorite running back. Let's run run to the phone. We did it. There it is. (laughs) Bam.
1: A. Look at that. Give us the
2: They got to give us an A plus on that one. All right, so the overall draft grade
1: is a a B. B.
0: They Um, thought it was a little bit of a reach for uh, the Michigan Center and the Tulane halfback, but that's just their grades. We're going off the Thor big board here. Yeah, and and by Maya the way, the, agrees outside whoa. this door right now too.
1: We felt they, a lot of needs today, Thor. They're
0: they're going
2: to be upgrading the ranking of Tajay Spears really soon. I I'm friends with Mike Renner, who who's one of the guys who puts in the, the rankings. They just have not updated Tajay Spears' ranking since they gotten back from Mobile. I so promise. We just got you on a that freaking
0: one. steal in the fourth round there with uh, with Tajay Spears. So we, we went, did. We went um, cornerback Joey Porter, wide receiver Rasheed Rice with the first two picks. Noah Sewell, the linebacker from Oregon. Uh, Olu, 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 Olu Watimi from Michigan, the center. And then Tajay Spears. So didn't really address defensive line, which might be problematic because you've got some holes there. Delvin Tomlinson's a free agent, but a lot of other interesting positions addressed. And we traded Neal and Delvin good. Cook.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was successful. That was an A draft as far as I'm concerned, Thor. Yeah, Hey, oh.
0: Give yourselves a round of applause, front office. Yeah, you got an A. We fixed the team. You will not be fired. You know why Maya Mackey's going crazy outside this door right now is because she's kind of hungry for Nutrisource, even though we just fed her a couple hours ago. Nutrisource chicken and rice food, Nutrisource training treats, the official dog food of Mackey and Judd, Purple Daily, Maya Mackey, Stella Zolgad, and maybe at some point, Vinny
1: Goff, Vinny boy. Oh, Oh, there's Stella right there. You know what? She's twelve. She's She is a a equivalent to a Vikings linebacker. But you know what? Unlike those unlike those cats, this dog is fast. She still has her first step. She still reads and reacts marvelously. And you're saying, how is that the case? Look at her size. She's so small, Judd. And I'm going to tell you right now, Nutrisource, whether it be the training rewards treats that end up on, on her table every day or the food that ends up in her bowl, Nutrasource keeps her fit, active, and piling up the tackles on a daily basis. Yes.
0: Well, wow, that was uh, some epic, reckless draft speculation there with our guy Thor Nyström. You can find his work, fantasy pros, betting pros. Um, he was also part of the "Before We Die" uh, podcast on Purple Day throughout the season. If you want to follow him on Twitter for more draft and football insights, it's Thor KU, Thor KU on Twitter. All right, any final thoughts from you on this, or to put a bow on this Brian Flores uh, celebration episode?
2: I couldn't be more excited that Brian Flores is is here with the Vikings. And, and, and whereas, you know, coming out of last year, you know, you're a little bit tepid coming into this offseason. I, I, I'm now filled back up, and I'm jacked and ready to go for this offseason. And now, all of a sudden, I, I can't wait to see the kind of defenders that the Vikings start to key in on. Like you know, I, I found myself in my spreadsheet this morning, my NFL draft database, like starting to to like you know like order the the defenders by like pass rushing, like trying to find who you know who are the top guys like at that and the man cover guys, the cornerback, and like going through the different positions and and, and sort of like that. So it's gonna be really inter- interesting to see the the kind of defenders that the Vikings start keying in on, and just really exciting time.
0: Amen, amen. All right, guys. Hope hopefully you all got your fix there. <laughs> hopefully you're uh, you're stuffed and full of. Draft speculation, and uh, we'll do another one of those mock simulations with some different parameters. I think next week maybe we aim to trade up into the top fifteen Ooh, as wow. a target, and just see. It's it's a scenario that hasn't really been. They have one about pick. Much.
1: One pick. Then <laughs> the Vikings have one pick, and then you can all go home.
0: <laughs> all right, that's a wrap. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Bonus episode also coming today, so check your feeds on YouTube, Apple, Spotify and scorenorth.com.